Hello and welcome to The Quiz Kids from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Now, you really did sing at that time. Uh, when we go on the air, I want you to do it just like that, will uh, you? Joe, Joe, what do you mean, when we go on the air? What? We're on now. Shit, we're, uh, we're what? You, you were on, Joe. <laughs> well, what do you, well, don't stand there, Bob Murphy. Do something. Say, uh, ring the sleigh bell, somebody. That's it. <laughs> yes, it's the Quiz Kids Christmas Party, friends. Coming to you this afternoon from the living room of Joe Kelly's home. There's no formal schoolroom atmosphere here. Instead, it's a typical picture for this season of the year. A group of happy youngsters gathered around a glittering Christmas tree and uh, vainly trying to maintain some semblance of order is our host, the chief quizzer himself, Joe Kelly. Well, thank you, Bob, and hello, everyone. Welcome to the Quiz Kids Christmas Party. We've invited some of the children here in the neighborhood to our party, and we have a few grown-up friends here, too. In fact, I wouldn't be at all surprised if the walls of the Kelly home aren't bulging qu- uh, quite a bit. <laughs> but I agree with the youngsters. When it comes to a party, the more the merrier. You know, the children in our Quiz Kids classroom last Sunday offered to come out and help Mrs. Kelly and me trim our Christmas tree. So I took them up on the offer, and, well, kids, I want to say right now, you've done a wonderful job. The tree looks beautiful. And say, I understand you quiz kids have worked up a Christmas program as sort of a surprise for teacher. Now, I don't know what kind of a program it is, but I certainly am anxious to hear it. And I know all our friends out there listening are, too. But first, uh, just to keep in practice, let's have a few questions. Now, we'll just sit down here on the floor around the Christmas tree right here. If Grandpa Kelly can make it, (laughs) I couldn't miss the floor, really. Well, uh, as usual, we'll start off with roll call. Uh, uh, First, uh, Joel. I'm Joel Coverman, and I'm 12 years old in 8th grade in the Volta School. Lonnie? I'm Lonnie Lundy. I'm 13 years old and in the 8th grade at Lincoln Junior High School in Park Ridge, Illinois. Ruthie? I'm Ruthie Deskin. I'm 14 years old and in 3B at South Shore. Patrick? I am Patrick Allen I'm 11 years old and in 7B at the Fort Dearborn School in Chicago. And little Melvin. I'm Melvin Miles. I'm five years old. I'm going to, I'm, I go to kindergarten Nord Park School. Well, fine. Now that we've counted noses, here we go with the first question. You know, during this Christmas season, Evelyn Stewart of Buffalo, New York, has been thinking of children in other lands all over the world. She wonders if you quiz kids can say Merry Christmas in any language other than our own. All right, uh, Ruthie. Well, I think in French it would be Joyeux Noël. Well... Or something on that, or maybe it would be Noël Joyeux. I'm not sure what uh, you yeah, do. That's just what it would be. That's fine. And, uh, Lonnie? Well, I don't exactly know a foreign language, but I can uh, give you it in languages that aren't English, like Pig Latin. Pig Latin? Uh, well, all right. How do you say Merry Christmas? Mary May Isthmus Cray. I'd language. That's my baribi cribus bibus. Oh, that's, that's just dandy, yes. Uh-huh. And uh, little Melvin has his hand up. Well, all right, Melvin. I was going to say the same thing. Uh, I see I could say two, so thing is, uh, when Lonnie said it in Pig Latin, I could say it in Polish. Yeah. Oh, in Polish. Well, all right. Let's hear yes, Merry Christmas. Well, what do you know about that? <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. 
Oh, say, by the way, have you uh, kids heard why Santa Claus is giving his reindeer umbrellas for Christmas presents this year? Have you heard, uh, Pat? Well, would it have something to do that what goes up the chimney up can't come down the chimney down, or that old uh, joke? No, <laughs> no. Uh, Lonnie? Well, it uh, might have some connection with their rain, rain their name, reindeers. Uh, well, uh, you're warm, you're warm, uh, Ruthie. Well, maybe it'd be to keep the rains out, well, right out of their faces. You're pretty things. close. It's to keep them out of the rain, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, I just had to get that in there. That's all right, too. Well, now, here, this uh, next question here is from Miss uh, Doris Bredenberg of uh, Seattle, Washington. And uh, she wants to know, uh, what opera characters might have used these familiar present-day signs to advertise their business? Uh, first, a red and white striped pole. What opera character, Patrick? Well, that would be Figaro, the and Barber of Seville, and the Marriage of Figaro. He was a barber. Right. Absolutely. Who uh, he says he combed he uh, he combed the men's hair by day and made love to the ladies by night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And how about the sign of the flying red horse? What opera character? The sign of the flying red horse, Pat. Well, it might be the Flying Dutchman. Well, no, not on a horse, but no, not exactly, Joel. Well, would the uh, wouldn't it be uh, Brunhilde in the Ring operas? Well, you're very, very close, uh, very close. Uh, it uh, did we give up on this, Ruthie? Well, I think it'd be the Valkyries. That's right, absolutely. That's right, Ruthie. Uh huh. That was very good, children. As usual, we're sending a fine Zenith Transoceanic Shortwave Portable Radio to Doris Bredenberg of Seattle, Washington, for sending in this question that you have answered correctly. Now, if you miss a question this afternoon, Alka-Seltzer's reward will be the same as it usually is, a big Zenith radio phonograph combination. You know, the wear and tear of Christmas shopping is getting a lot of people down, including Sally Michener of Minneapolis, Minnesota. And with only a few more shopping days to go, she wishes she had a few of those remarkable uh, mythological characters to help her shop. Can you tell us a few that might be helpful, Pat? Well, Hercules would be very helpful, uh, so he could carry all the presents. That's right. And yeah. uh, Minerva would be fine, too, so she could think of what to get. Yes. Uh-huh. And uh, Aphrodite might be... Uh, Aphrodite would be so beautiful that the men would clear out the way. She, yes, sure. She'd charm them so much. Oh, she would, yes, definitely. And uh, Ruthie? Well, I think Mercury, because uh, uh, there was one couple that he visited once, and he made... He made their cup so that it was always flowing with water, so maybe he could make our pockets so they were always flowing with money. <laughs> Which would be wonderful, especially around Christmas time, would it? And Joel? Well, I guess because he had a hundred eyes and there's a lot of things that want to get, and also, uh, also Mercury again, because he could uh, fly and it, you know, there'd be no trouble about uh, uh, transportation because you just could fly over the heads of the crowd. That's true. And Lonnie? Well, I was going to say somewhat what Joel was saying. Perhaps Phaeton, he drove the chariot of the sun. That would provide transportation. And yes. also Cupid would uh-huh. uh, make the uh, clerks real friendly and everything, possibly. He certainly would, And also Atlas, if he held up the uh, world, he could also hold up a few Christmas packages. <laughs> <laughs> he, that he could. And uh, Melvin? 
Well, um, maybe I don't have quite as to entertain to the, quest- the question here, but I could say maybe the shoemaker and the elves, because the shoemaker was getting very uh, poor, and the uh, elves helped him. They, he made their shoes for him, and they got more money. Then, you know, it, uh, then the, the work was all done. Then, then they could sell it faster, and uh, then uh, the wife gave them some clothes. Yeah, well, now, that's all right, Melvin. Yes, sir. Uh, those were all very good answers, kids. I'm awfully glad that you brought all of those out. Now then, here on this next question, Max D. Reed of Portland, Oregon, wants to know why this year, but never before and never again, the sequence one dozen, two dozen, and four dozen signifies happiness. One dozen, two dozen, and four dozen. Joel? Well, one dozen would be... Uh... Twelve. Twelve months a year. Yes. Two dozen is twenty-four. Twenty-four. That's the twenty-fourth day is Christmas Eve. Yes. And four dozen is forty-eight, and that would be uh, 1948. That's absolutely right, Joel. Yes, Sherry. December 24th, 1948. Now, uh, Mrs. Charles Donnelly of uh, Corpus Christi, Texas, wants a white Christmas so much this year that she thought up this question. It's all about white animals. Uh, who was chasing these white animals in literature? First, a white whale. Who was chasing a white whale? Uh, Lonnie? Well, that was in the story Moby Dick. Moby Dick was the whale, and let's right. see, the, uh, it who was, was some, chasing? It was a cannibal. No, uh, no, 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 no. Well, the ship uh, they were on was the Pequod. I know well, that. Well, all right, but... Captain uh, Ahab was Captain the Captain Ahab, that's the answer, yes, sir. And how about a white rabbit? Ruthie? Well, that was Alice in Alice in Wonderland. She tra- chased him down the rabbit hole she, and right into Wonderland. She certainly did. Oh, say, listen to that, would you? Those sleigh bells really have a merry sound, don't they? And quiz kids, that mean it's, uh, means that school is over and it's time for the fun to begin. Oh, boy, say, I'll bet you quiz kids have been wondering about those presents under the Christmas tree, haven't you? Well, so have I. And if someone will just help me get up off the floor, uh, we'll have a look. Yes, sirree. <laughs> Oh, no, Melvin, thanks. I'm, I'm afraid you'll have to... <laughs> I'm afraid you'll have to spend a few more seasons working with your road gang before you can tackle this kind of job. <laughs> Say, Bob Murphy, yes, suppose Joe. you take over while we take a look at our Christmas present. Well, swell, Joe, and I'm glad to have this chance to talk to the folks listening in. Uh, I know you're going to be mighty busy during the next five days, friends, and I also know that uh, you don't want to wake up Christmas morning with a cold. But have you noticed Old Man Cold is really making the rounds? Let's hope he doesn't catch up with you. However, if you should feel a cold coming on, remember Alka-Seltzer. Yes, remember and try Alka-Seltzer for fast relief from much of your cold distress. Here's the ABC cold comfort treatment. A, Alka-Seltzer. B, be wise. Beware of drafts. Be careful of your diet, and be sure you dress sensibly and try to get more rest than usual. And C stands for comfort. The comfort an Alka-Seltzer gargle can give a sore throat caused by a cold. Well, there it is, friends. Alka-Seltzer's ABC cold comfort treatment, as easy as ABC to follow and really effective. Just try it and see for yourself. Remember, when you begin to sniffle and sneeze, start Alka-Seltzer's ABCs. Get Alka-Seltzer at any drugstore and say, better buy that extra package, too. That's the wisest thing to do. Uh, say, Joe, how are you and the quiz kids coming along with those presents? Oh, fine, Bob. Fine, that's fine. What do you know? Here, here's one left over here, kids. Let's see. Uh, why, uh, Bob, it has your name on it. Well, 
Thank you very much, Joe. This oh, is very nice. You're welcome, Bob. But don't stand there just holding it. Uh, open it up and let's see what it is. We'll, oh, we all want to have a look at it. Look, I can tell by the gleam in your eye you already know what it is. No. Let Bob, me... why, of course Holy I smokes, don't. Joe. Look let's at this see. thing here. Well, what do you know? It's a cup and saucer and the biggest cup I ever saw, sir. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bob, do you like uh, coffee? Oh, you bet I do, Joe. Well, with a big cup like that, you better... Better drink your coffee black because that waistline of yours will really grow. <laughs> the pot is calling the kettle black over there. <laughs> Seriously, uh, Joe, what'd you find under the Christmas tree, huh? Oh, one of the nicest presents I ever received. The quiz kids gave me this beautiful cashmere scarf. Isn't it a dandy? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Well, thanks a lot, kids, ever so much. And now let's hear what the quiz kids found on the Christmas tree. Well, what was in your package, Ruthie? Oh, the most luscious pair of yellow Angora mittens with all sorts of colored trimmings all over them. I love Angora. Oh, Thanks so I much. Oh, I say, they're beautiful, aren't they? And uh, Lonnie, how about you? Well, I uh, got a swell uh, football game here. It's a uh, has a great big board and a spinner, uh, a board that you uh, spin on. It looks like a lot of fun. I'll have to well, try that a, out as soon as I get home. That's a dandy, isn't it? Huh? And uh, Joel? I got a nice little zipper notebook. Just what I need. I'm going into high school in February. Oh, fine. Well, uh, did you open it up? Yeah, sure. Huh? What's inside? What's inside, Joe? Please. Huh? Open it way up there. What? A turtle. A turtle, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, surprise on Joe. <laughs> Joe, yeah. He, he collects turtles as a hobby. Yes, sir. That's a dandy one, too. <laughs> well, uh, how about you, Patrick? Well, I think I got the best of all. It's an album of Decca Records with a Christmas carol by Charles Dickens and Ronald Coleman as Scrooge. And I'm, I'm going to try that out as soon as I get home, but I'm oh, sure it'll be very fine. good. Oh, fine. Well, say, that's wonderful. And Melvin, how about you? Uh, what did you get, son? Well, I got a moldy set here. And get out. The thing that I've I've been always wanting, my mother just bought that for a gift, and she said I'm too little, but I think I could work them anyway. Oh, I'm sure you could. Yes, sir. Well, it doesn't take a mind reader to tell that you're all pleased with your presents, but I know that you quiz kids have experienced the real meaning of Christmas this year by playing Santa Claus to a lot of youngsters who are not as fortunate as you are. Yes, and you've been generous, uh, Santa Claus, too. You see, friends... The quiz kids learned about the youngsters on the uh, Navajo Indian Reservation, 150 miles back in the desert near Shiprock, New Mexico. Now, these youngsters belong to families who missed out on the relief work done for Navajos in the last year. So all the quiz kids who have ever been on our program decided to make this Christmas a very, very merry one for these little Indian kids. They have sent a shipment of over 500 new and reconditioned toys, a really wonderful collection of toys, beautiful dolls, books, wind-up trains, musical instruments, a high chair, a doll's house. In fact, just about everything that children everywhere like to have. Along with the toys, which are being distributed by the doctor in charge of the hospital in Shiprock, the Zenith Radio Corporation has donated one of their big radio phonograph combinations for the hospital there. Wasn't that nice? So we can say Merry Christmas to our little Navajo Indian friends out there on the desert in New Mexico and know that they are going to have just that. Now then, uh, quiz kids, I think I've waited long enough for this surprise present you have for me, uh, this program you've planned. I guess it's going to be a lot like the Christmas stocking hanging over the fireplace. You don't know what's in it until you look, and believe me, I'm ready to take a peek right now. Ruthie, suppose you start us off. 
Well, I've written a little poem. I suppose it'd be more appropriate a few hours from now, but I'm going to read it now anyway. All right. It's a parody on the night before Christmas called A Visit from the Quiz Kids. "'Twas the week before Christmas at Joe Kelly's house, and the Quiz Kids were gay as a waltz theme by Strauss. Our genial host, the chief quizzer himself, was dressed all in red like that dear Christmas elf. Soon from the piano, there issued a chord that sounded like cranking a Model T Ford. Oblivious, Lonnie continued to play, while Pat's Irish tenor went trilling away. Joel, sampling each cookie and sweet, interrupted the music with, When do we eat? And wee little Melvin, in his best bib and tucker, stood licking the last of his old all your sucker. <laughs> while I, looking on with envious eyes, Wondered if pretzels would increase my size. Yes, the Kellys, the quiz kids, our parents and staff had a wonderful party with many a laugh. But poor Mrs. Kelly was thankful, I fear, that the quiz kids, like Christmas, come but once a year. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was that, Ruby. That was. It certainly was. Now, little Patrick here has worked up some sort of a mysterious skit, uh, so I'm going to turn the program over to you, Pat. Uh, you tell us what you have, will you? Well, it is a... I wrote... I have written a play, and it's called A Present for Santa Claus. Uh, in collaboration with the other quiz kids, we have worked up parts, and here is the cast. Santa will be played by Melvin Miles. Twinkle... A chubby elf, played by Bob Murphy. (laughs) Snowball, the chief helper of Santa, played by Joel Kupperman. Elmer, another chubby elf, played by Joe Kelly. (laughs) Mr. Baker, played by Ruthie Duskin. (laughs) Mrs. Baker, Baker, played by Ruthie Duskin. Mr. Baker, played by Pat Conlon. And Billy Baker, played by Lonnie Lundy. Scene one, Santa Claus's workshop... Two days before Christmas. Now, hurry, hurry. Work, work. There's time for play, but let's not shirk. Let's not do our work by half. When we're through, we'll dance and laugh. Well, we elves get to have some fun before old Santa Claus. All he gets is orders and more orders. He never gets paid for his services. He says his reward is like... Seeing boys and girls made happy, and, and I think he deserves something more than that. Why, well, I, I think you're right, pal. I mean, yeah. elf, that is. <laughs> oh, here, here comes Santa now. Oh, ho, ho, what's this I hear about old Saint Nick at Christmas time? Joy does the trick. Old Santa never need complain. What goes It's gay Yule time. Oh, yeah. Let love rain. Don't leave me hanging on the yeah. <laughs> That's all very well, now, Santa. That's all very well, now, Santa. But just look at your clothes. Look at those gloves. They're at least 50 years old. Oh, ho, oh, oh. Maybe they are a little old, but I'll make them last for another 25 years. Now get to work, Santa. I mean, Melvin. I mean, Melvin. <laughs> <laughs> Melvin, you're supposed to say, now get oh. to work. Well, now let's get... Now let's Get to work. We have all wor- things to do, you know, now. Scene two, the same evening in the living room of the Baker home. Enter Mr. Baker. Anybody home? Dinner will be ready in a minute, dear. Oh, hello, Dad. Say, I wanted to ask you if I could have some more money to buy another Christmas present. Why, uh, you already borrowed quite a little over your usual allowance, Billy. I thought you bought all your presents. 
Well, not exactly. You see, well... Well, I wanted to buy a present for Santa. What? <coughs> a present for Santa? Well, now that's just silly. I mean, uh, well, he doesn't get, pre- get presents. He gives them. Well, I know, but gosh, I had an awfully funny dream last night, and I want to get Santa a pair of gloves. Please let me have the money. I'll pay you back. Honest, I will. Oh, all right. Now, run along and wash your hands before dinner. Hmm. A present for Santa. Indeed. What are you mumbling about? Billy wants to buy a pair of gloves for Santa. Imagine that. (laughs) Scene three. The baker living room, late Christmas Eve. Santa steps down the chimney, accompanied by Snowball. Oh, hum, this is a pleasant room here. Now, let's see. Now, this here is the... Yes, the baker's living room. All right. All right, Snowball, pull out the baker's dozen. Ha, ha, ha. Santa, how can you still joke after all the hard work you've done tonight? I'm worried about you. Really, I am. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, wish. We'll get that work done quick. Why, look at this. A pair of gloves for Santa from Billy Baker. Why, some people are worried about the younger generation. I'm worried about the older generation. (laughs) Now it's the next morning in the Baker home. Mr. and Mrs. Baker are picking up the gay wrappings left from the gifts. Billy did seem to enjoy his gifts, didn't he? Oh, where is he now? Oh, he's getting all clicked up for church. He didn't seem to mind about Santa not taking those gloves. Oh, that was clever of you, dear, letting him put them here for Santa. Why, they're right here by the fireplace and... Well, I'll be switched. Look at these old moth-eating gloves. Full of holes. Where did they come from? Why, I suppose Billy's playing a trick on us. But look at the size of them. Where did they come from? And look, am I seeing things? In the fireplace, in the ashes, footprints. A huge one and a tiny one going into the fireplace. Uh, This is ridiculous. We know all about Santa Claus. I'm not so sure of what I know. Those footprints. I don't understand it. Say, I... Well... I don't know. Maybe you're right. What if Billy is right? Maybe what all the world needs is the perfect face of a child. Hey, that was a humdinger. Yes, sir, Patrick. Now, what's next round here? Well, uh, Joe, you're next on the program. It's, uh, it says Joe Kelly. Oh, well, uh, uh, there's a, a little mistake there. That's a different Joe Kelly. Different Joe yes, Kelly? Yes, it's my little uh, 11 weeks old grandson. Uh, well, Joe is he here third. today, Joe? Is he here? Well, I should say so. And here he is right here. Well, come on, son. Say something to all the folks out there, all the other little babies. Yes, yeah, say something to them. Give a great big plug for Alka-Seltzer. Now, come on. <laughs> After all, we're coast to coast on NBC. <laughs> I knew he was Oh, <laughs> of course, that's only his grandfather speaking. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, now uh, let's uh, let's see uh, uh, what uh, what's next here. Oh, yeah. Say, Joel, uh, what are you going to do for your part of the program? Well, I'm not quite a piano player, but I stuck with the piano, so I'll do my best. Oh, fine. Well, what are you going to play for it? A uh, condensation of waltz in E flat by Duran. Oh, that'll be dandy. All right, get over there at the piano. Now, everybody be real quiet. You too, Joe the Third. <laughs> 
Fine. Now, Melvin, I, I wonder if you will tell us in your own words the story of the first Christmas. Would you do that for me? Sure, I will. I'd be glad to. All well, right. once uh, Joseph and Mary were traveling to a little town called Bethlehem. And uh, Joseph walked and Mary uh, rode a donkey. Junkie. So um, they, Mary became pretty tired by that time. And uh, so Joseph tried one hotel and another and another, but uh, none of them had no room. And it was the same thing and the same thing went on and on until finally they came to the last one and the man said, you can't, you, I have no room for you in this here hotel, but you can sleep in my stable. So they went, they were very glad to find a place to sleep and they went. So uh, Joseph made a nice bed out of straw for Mary and uh, Mary lay down and also then just at that minute, a bright star showed of Bethlehem. And there, just then, at that moment, a little baby infant Jesus was born. And um, also, three wise men were studying the stars, and they saw that bright one. So they went. They said, could this be the star that that we've been looking for, searching for? And could that be the star of Jesus? So they went and followed and followed till it finally showed down. And they went, look, went in, and sure enough, there it was. It was little infant Jesus laying down, and Mary and Joseph were watching the little baby, and um, they brought gold and mirror, some other incense. Uh, that was it. Well, fine. That was just fine. Wasn't that... Good for a little five-year-old. Well, Lonnie, it's your turn now, and uh, what surprise do you have for it? Well, uh, over this week I composed a little Christmas carol that oh. I'd like to sing for you. Oh. I call it The Guiding Star. Oh, well, let's listen to it. Now, everybody be real quiet. Lonnie's sitting down at the piano. All right, fine. star of Bethlehem shone on that holy day and guided wise men to the spot where the tiny baby lay and angels came from heaven above the tidings glad to sing to shepherds who had gathered round to worship the joyous news that reached the world on that first Christmas day has spread throughout the entire earth to guide men on their way. When hope is low, man must but look to that bright star again to have his faith reborn with Thank you, Lonnie. That was fine. I'm so proud of all of you kids. 
you know, folks, it's been a tradition on the Quiz Kids program to close our Christmas broadcast with a prayer. And right now I'd like to ask little five-year-old Melvin to lead us in a Christmas prayer. given us, and please take care of all the sick and hungry people all over the world, and dear God, please especially take care of the orphans, because they have no mother and daddy like we have, so dear God, will you please take care of them? Thank you for my nice baby brother, because not everyone has a nice baby brother like that, amen. Well, thank you, Melvin. That was a beautiful prayer and a perfect ending for our Christmas program. And I want to thank all you quiz kids for making it such a fine program. The Miles Laboratories, makers of Alka-Seltzer and one-a-day brand vitamins, want to extend the best wishes of the season to you and yours. May you enjoy a very happy Christmas. Today's Quiz Kids program came to you from the living room of Joe Kelly's home in Chicago. This is Bob Murphy speaking. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.